Good evening, everyone. Back by popular demand, I have Dr. Lee Merritt in an incredible interview that is still reverberating from last summer. I hope you'll enjoy it tonight. Also, I'll be on a Twitter X space tonight with Patriot 17, Patriot Storm 17. So don't miss it. We'll probably be live until around midnight. In the meantime, enjoy my incredible interview with the one and only Dr. Lee Merritt. Now that the majority of the general public's understanding that the entire vaccine industry is a $1 trillion money-making scam worldwide, how can we begin to shift the needle, dismantle the unholy alliance between government and healthcare, and free humanity from the scourge of death and destruction perpetrated by the pharmaceutical industry that is now a functioning arm of our Department of Defense? Let's dig in, shall we? This is the Dr. Jane Ruby Show, and you're about to enter Truth in Medicine. Welcome to the Dr. Jane Ruby Show on this Monday, August 14th, 2023. Well, my guest tonight is a very distinguished and revered colleague. She's been on the forefront of the COVID-19 military bioattack on our nation from the very beginning. She graduated from the University of Rochester School of Medicine and completed her residency in orthopedics. She's also served as a physician and surgeon in the United States Navy with over 25 years in private practice. Dr. Lee Merritt is the past president of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons and has centered her professional career around patient-centered ethical medicine. It's my distinct honor and my pleasure tonight to welcome Dr. Lee Merritt to the show. Dr. Dr. Merritt, it's great to have you tonight. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you. My honor. You bet. It's, it's been great. To, we haven't seen each other in a while, but it's been great to work with you in this, uh, in this war, as you, as you rightfully call yeah. it. I wanted to start out just for the audience's sake, just spend a few minutes, if you would, uh, telling people how you got into this war, uh, this frontline doctor uh, situation uh, way back in 2020. They're always interested in knowing how each of us <laughs> came to be here. Well, quite frankly, I, uh, you know, and it really wasn't so much the military 10 years I spent, but it was when I got out of the military, I was still married to the military. I had my husband at the time was a Marine Colonel at the Pentagon. And I was, uh, I served on a subcommittee of the Congress, which by law had to have a physician on it, but it was looking at, mm. at um, military, at, it was the Navy Research Advisory Committee. And what they did is look at future technology for the Navy. And, you know, quite frankly, they had to have a physician on probably for some reason legally, but I was underutilized since I didn't know too much about kilo class submarines and littoral warfare, that kind of thing. That's what they talked about is underwater mines and satellites Technical. and connectivity. Yeah. So I, I studied uh, what I thought was important for me to potentially contribute to, and that was atomic, biologic, and, and, and uh, uh, chemical weapon defense. And it kind of got me looking and reading about the bioweapons community. So when this mm. whole thing broke out, number one, I, and I also read 
brush and enough to, to sort through the stuff. So number one, the first thing I did is I went to the Russian bioweaponeers and I read what they were saying. And I knew that there was something amiss, you know, something afoot. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just a naturally occurring disease I figured out. And then the, the second thing is, um, uh, you know, when you saw all the nonsense over the masks. So I was, a friend of mine called me, he's a chiropractor in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And I was, I had a little practice there on the side. And I said, I said, they, he says, well, come down and help us to fight this mask mandate. And I said, oh, sure, Ben, this is, it was Ben Tapper. And you probably know him. He's one of the disinformation doesesn't. But I said to him, I said, this shouldn't be hard. How long do we have to speak? He said, three minutes. I said, no problem. Nobody thinks masks work for this. I mean, we knew it. It's, it's right. like, yeah, we really knew it. OSHA and the environmental services scientists didn't just pop up yesterday. They've been around for a while. So, but when I went down there, I discovered, and I'm, I'll name the name. I mean, it's the University of Nebraska doctors were all, they had packed the other side of the auditorium. And it was just Ben and me and all the normal people of the town uh, on the other side. I'm going, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. And at the end of my three minutes, I was so disgusted having heard these guys lie about this mask stuff for 30, you know, for hours. They made us wait five hours to speak. And I finally said at the end of that, I said, anyone who thinks this mask is gonna work, is being paid or being played. And mm. I didn't know at the time how right I was, but it got, it kind of went viral, got picked up by Alex Jones. And then the next thing I know, Simone Gold called me and I was out speaking on the masks in DC and yeah. it went from there. So that's how I ended up. Oh, and then I got yeah. cancel cultured, so. Yeah, and let me ask you this. Um, one of the clues to me was, and, and you're about to touch, you're kind of touching on it, is this, this lockstep like I, I started saying to myself as a, as a nurse practitioner who's a prescriber as well, well, wait a minute, oh, somebody's gonna shut this down. Like some state health department's gonna go, that's ridiculous, we're not gonna do that. And yet everything fell one after the other like dominoes. And I thought, whoa, whoa, something very evil in lockstep around the country and the world, right? Um, talk about that a little bit, because I know you have yeah. some feelings about and some understanding about what's really going on here. Well, that is a big point. And one of the things I said early on when we figured, you know, when we knew, because we knew that Carrie Mullis said you can't use the PCR test for right. this. Now, I'm an orthopedic spine surgeon. What what do I know about? I didn't study these I things. See. So one of the advantages I had, I didn't have any preconceived notion, but I know how to study and I've published and I know how to do research. So I just read, I was sitting at home having been canceled. I had nothing to do but study. Mm. And I realized, so how does it happen that that all of these labs around the world you know, these are these are run by competent, scientifically trained lab managers. They know mm -hmm. how to set up a test. They know how to run a test. They know how to train their people. And yet around the world, and, and I saw the, yep. the what what like Thermo Fisher and these people gave the, the, the how to run the PCR test. Well, it was done wrong all around the world by every lab at first. Sure. And it was all done wrong in the same direction. If this had been random errors, some people would have overcycled the test and some people would have undercycled the test, but that wasn't happening. So that tells you right there, regardless of anything else, that tells you that there is a global power structure that is pushing this. Yeah. And you know, once I realized that, then I knew that I knew we were in trouble. Yeah. And and I will and then when I started hearing and I'll tell you, even today we, we think we're getting a handle on this kind of stuff, but I'll be honest, it, you know, when I see Congress talk, they, they parade these doctors up there to talk about these, you know, and, and they pretend that they don't know about the Ukrainian bioweapons labs and things like that. Well, 
you know, this is one of those things that I had studied. <clears throat> and I can tell you that in 1991, when the Soviet Union was falling apart, we bought up all those old Soviet labs mm -hmm. in the socialist republics. Now I say wow. bought, it's like the Mexican 99 year lease. You know, you don't actually own the <laughs> land, but you, you, right. got, you got this thing. We and, scooped them and, up. And it wasn't, it wasn't secretive. This was for the, uh, the Nunn-Luger Act of 1991. They allocated $400 million a year for four years to go over these labs, bring them up to snuff, do vaccine research and to gain a function research. That was literally the tasking. And, the, and one of the labs, for example, in Tbilisi, Georgia was called the Luger Lab. It still might have on the sign, the sign today named after Senator Luger. So when I hear this going on today, yeah. like they pretend they don't know, yes, you know, you've been sending these bioweaponeers W-2 forms every year. You pay yeah. these people. I, so I wanna, it's just a house of mirrors. I want to get into this whole issue of a bioweapon because I don't want the public to think that we're just being hyperbolic. There's There are a lot of there's a lot of evidence now. There's a lot of release of documents. And, and uh, so, somebody from the very beginning, Dr. David Martin, as you, you know well, uh, called it a bioweapon, said it's not a vaccine. Stop calling it that. It's a bioweapon. And we thought, oh, wow, how are we going to get to that? Well, now we have gotten to that. We understand from the Brooke Jackson whistleblower case against Pfizer that was dismissed on a motion to dismiss because Pfizer argued, hey, we didn't make a pharmaceutical product. We made a military prototype. Then it's, it all came together for me. <laughs> this is a DOD operation. Let's before we get into what you think, let's our second part of that will be on what's inside these shots. Let, let me first ask you about because you, you are a military vet. You you participated and like you said, you studied bioweapons warfare. Is is people are having a hard time, Dr. Merritt, accepting that their own government is doing this, is trying to kill them. This is a bioweapon to take you out. Right? Public health has been hijacked. Let's talk about your views on that. Well, it is hard for me to, uh, you know, literally, I have a, I have a, a, a ribbon from my time in the service, having cross, helping to win the Cold War. You know what a joke that is now. But it's not that I'm not a patriotic American. It's just that my my country isn't what I thought it was. It's been it's been taken off the rails. It didn't automatically run off the rails. It's been attacked over a very long period of time. And I'll tell you the shocking thing, Jane, about about you know how did all the you you meant how did all the public health services not one of them picked up on this if you I, I challenge anybody in their state look up the you know i can i know in my state the iowa department of public health mm -hmm. is not a government agency it is a corporation registered on dun and bradstreet mm -hmm. which means the medical board is a, and the medical board in some way is a sub corporation of the federation of state medical boards to show you how this is all linked mm -hmm. we had the doc we have a doctor in iowa who got a letter of, you know, as, as I did, a letter of investigation from the state medical board because of his speech, essentially. And he, but he doesn't practice in Iowa. He actually practices in New Zealand and he got the same letter over there. Now, does that tell you that the, that they are, the same complaint happened and two people or one person moved over to New Zealand made the same complaint? No, it's all coordinated. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that is, that is the, the, what's going on here. And, you know, a bioweapon is a very simple definition. It's just something, if man makes something, if it's a man-made product that that is worse than anything that nature makes, you're 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 dealing with a bioweapon, mm -hmm. and and you know we have a lot of evidence um, that is open architecture. Anybody can find that. For example, one of the things that I have I was following for a while. I mean, in South Africa years ago. Um, we had people unofficially going over. This all came out in the, that's what I'm saying, it was open to the public, but nobody knew about it. Mm -hmm. the, we had people going over to South Africa, teaching the South African Defense Force 
um, how to do bioweapons against, they were trying to create something against the black population, literally to change the demographics. Ugh. And and we, we have names. I mean, uh, he's dead now, but Larry Ford, who was an OBGYN doctor in Los Angeles, was going back and forth. And this all came out in the Desmond Tutu uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission. So there's the, the, I will tell you, how does it come to be us? Yeah. Well, it's us. It's us. It's and, us. And, you know, project, uh, whether this is the, this is, if you hear the term threat reduction agency, run away, that's a bioweapon program, USAID, um, possibly, I mean, there's a bunch of other organizations we thought were good guys. It turns out they're not. A bunch of money goes into veterinary research. We are still the, we are the inheritors of the Japanese research on the, the bioweapons research they were doing in Manchuria in World War II. We are the inheritors of the German bioweapons mm. research. I mean, if you think about it, who, you know, follow, follow IG Farben and what happened after the war. We, we think of, here's another disinformation program to not let you appreciate what's going on. If you look up Project Paperclip, and by now pretty much everybody's aware of what Project Paperclip was. It was that thing where we went in after, during, during the end of the war to try and scoop up scientists from Germany so that they didn't fall in, theoretically, so they didn't fall in the hands of the Russians. Well, what do they show you? You go to any site, Wikipedia, anything, the picture they show you of Project Paperclip that burns into your brain because they know that pictures are more powerful than words. It's a psyop. It's the picture of Werner von Braun. They took him out of his SS uniform. They put him in a nice suit and he's standing in front of a whole bunch of engineers. And that's what they, that's the picture of Project Paperclip. And they want you to remember that and mm. think that Project Paperclip was about recruiting <laughs> rocket scientists for NASA. How bad would that have been? But it wasn't. The number one thing that they, and, uh, and I'm blanking on the author's name that really runs this down, but, but we, we know this now, it was the, really the number one thing was to go in after chemists and specifically vaccine chemists. Huh. So, you know, auto, how did we get thalidomide? Thalidomide in this country came in against the wishes of, this is when the FDA, there was actually somebody on the FDA that wanted to do their job, tried yeah. to stop it. But thalidomide came in because it was developed in Auschwitz by Otto Ambrose. He was the chief chemist of IG Farben. He was sentenced to eight years for, for participation in mass murder, essentially, after the war, but he only served a few years. And then he was pardoned by the general, whatever that organization was that oversaw the, the prisoners. Now, keep in mind, Albert Speer, or not Albert Speer, um, uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name, the, 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 the German okay. officer Hess, yeah. Rudolf Hess. I mean, that guy, that poor guy, you know, he was like 96 years old or something and was probably murdered in Spandau. They just did not want that guy speaking. Mm -hmm. But Otto Ambrose, mm -hmm. four years and he's out. And he mm -hmm. goes to what? He goes to become part of the drug company board that produces thalidomide for the, wow. for the world. The way you know, it all ties together. Yeah, you know, it's it, unfortunately all related. It's it's like legal analyst Catherine Watt, if you've read any of her substack, right? The domestic American terror program. You know, she says this has been going on for centuries. When I first heard her say that, I yeah. thought, oh, she must have misspoke. Must be decades, you know. And now you see centuries in the making. Yeah. I you know, I share the public's awe in trying to wrap my head around the fact that this is us. It's like that scary movie where the babysitter's in the house and they're tracing the call because there's someone threatening her life and the cop calls finally and says, get out of there. It, the call's coming from inside the house. That's the shocking feeling. That yes, yeah. It's the United, and Dr. David Martin has made this very clear 
uh, you know, it, people have different feelings about him, but he's, his messaging has always been consistent. It's never flipped like some other frontliners we could discuss. But the point is he just represented to the EU that, hey, the United States weaponized SARS, they took, or they weaponized the common cold and called it SARS, and the rest of this is us doing this to our, our own country and the world. And then he just came out and said, "There's a, a you'll appreciate this, a contract apparently floating around Europe by the DOD that is looking for partners for the next, well, as he calls it, bioterrorism attack, which is all planned. Right. So, well, you, yeah. And, and, you know, just in, 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 in support of that, in, yeah. in, 19, in 2017, mm -hmm. remember when Putin complained that we were over sampling their DNA? And, and we tried to, you know, we tried to disavow that and say, no, because there all this DNA sampling. I first noticed it in 2000, but it was going all over the world. But we got caught by by the Russians and, and Putin called us out on it and we tried to deny it. And he said, no, no, this is happening. And it's we it, it's a very sophisticated program. We seem to be of special interest to them. And it was true. I have on my my computer the the, the call for proposal um rfp i can't remember what it stands for uh, request for proposal by the air force and they hired a neurosurgeon i actually have his name who went over to these to, to russia and actually started biopsying russian they wanted only pure slavic people russian uh dural sacs i mean he went into the spine and took a little oh, wow. sample of the dura with csf yeah you know what that means so so he this was done very professionally putin was exactly right now you have to ask what that was all about but in in the follow-up i just happened to mention that to a uh, a retired air force general and he said to me somewhat proudly he said you know the air force has more genetic sequencers than any other military service i'm going to my mm. mind i didn't want to look surprised in front of him but i want Gosh, you know, here I thought fighting a war was about, you know, aircraft carriers and planes and ammunition. And now we're talking genetic sequencers. Yeah, that into, is the new. Oh, my yeah. gosh, they're into <laughs> so much more than on. we ever knew. And obviously yeah. the implication is to be able to target people through your genetics, uh, either right. either pop, subpopulations uh, or, or individuals, which is getting very, very concerning. Uh, doc, we're with Dr. Lee Merritt. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Dr. Merritt to talk about her findings and perspective on what is in the C-19 shots across all these companies. And you might be very surprised to hear what she has to say about that. So I'll be right back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. I've been promoting the Triad Air purification products for over 18 months now. First, because they're incredibly effective at cleaning and maintaining the air in your home. But after hearing from thousands of people in my social media that they've experienced relief from the symptoms they previously suffered around people who took the jabs, I had to get the word out. This electrostatic filtration process cleans every area of your home using a pulse negative ionization that actually electrically charges the air molecules, maintaining a cleaner, fresher breathing space. The big home unit protects up to 3,000 square feet and the individual products keep your car, hotel room, or your personal space protected. Go to airwaterhealing.com today, and if you use the promo code RUBY, you'll not only get 10% off and free shipping, but right now you will get the other three products for free. Don't miss this great offer. Go to airwaterhealing.com. 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from MyPillow, towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with the nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. I mean, this is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. What a concept. I really love the towels. They're really great. They're super absorbent. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know we're having the biggest clearance sale ever. Get our six-piece towel sets for only $29.88 with your promo code. My towel sets are made with proprietary technology and include two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get our six-piece towel sets. Originally $99.98, then on sale for $49.98. Now we're closing them out for only $29.88 while supplies last. Once they're gone, they're gone, so please order now. Welcome back to the second segment of the Dr. Jane Ruby Show. Tonight, we are having a fascinating discussion. It's actually riveting, in my estimation, with Dr. Lee Merritt, who's one of the original frontline doctors in this COVID nightmare. Uh, Dr. Merritt, we, uh, I, I want to jump right to the issue of the vials. There's a lot of controversy, people screaming at each other on you know, international stages and there's nothing in there but <laughs> cholesterol. And I'm making the argument, Dr. Merritt, that nobody knows what's in every single vial because you can't possibly examine the population of them. But on any given day, this, these companies have a 50% leeway. We don't know what's in them. I want you to share what you have learned, what your perspective is, because uh, we all have access to different information. So. What do you think is in these vials and how do you justify it? Well, I'll tell you what I don't think is in the vials. That's probably easier. <laughs> That's a good because, place to start. Let's face it, what you said, uh, Jane, is exactly right. We're never going to know completely because it's not like people think, it's not like Star Trek where you have a tricorder. You can just put some of this fluid in a machine and it tells you that it's got A, B, C, and Z. You know, it doesn't do that. So you have to kind of know what you're looking for. And I will tell you that the the, the, the thing I've noticed, there's several, there's several things that I, I would say is that they haven't stopped publishing about mrna research okay so you can kind of find out things that don't go along with what the narrative is there i will tell you that again we talked about it in the last segment about kind of the psyop of leading you down one stream to avoid you understanding the other like avoiding that it's us well mm -hmm. the stream that we're being led down is mrna Fauci Wuhan lab leak, mRNA Fauci Wuhan lab leak. You know, you listen, you hear this over and over and over again because they want to burn into your brain. This was accidental. It was just Dr. Fauci. You don't need to look any further. Right. He's the bad dude. He's just the bag man, guys. He's just the guy that moved the money around. That's what the mob term would be for that. And then he broke the legs if they didn't do what they said. You know, in fact, the joke used to be that Fauci has a big Rolodex and a long arm, meaning he would take the <laughs> NIH funding back. But, you know, the young people right. don't know what a Rolodex is. So that joke kind of falls. Flat right. Days. It's your contact list. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, the contact yeah. list. But anyway, so and, and, and that it's mRNA. Mm -hmm. Now, he claims to be the inventor of mRNA and mm -hmm. maybe he is. But I got to tell you, I, I went back in the news articles from the time. Who, Fauci? Fauci? Yeah, no, okay. no, uh, Malone, I'm sorry. Malone okay. talks about being the mRNA inventor. Correct. And 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 again, a lot of people can be involved in the mRNA invention. We There's no question whether there's mRNA. The question is, is it in this vaccine? And I'll tell you what got my attention. Okay. Two things. One is that if you look at what Pfizer says, just their own data, and I don't have the numbers exactly in my head because it's big numbers, but they talk about how many million doses they produced in a certain period of time. 
and they, you know, up to a date. And I looked at if that had started, if the, if the production had started the day the EUA was approved by the FDA, the emergency use authorization, then they would have been producing 18.7 roughly vaccines per second in every, there are ah. like 11, 11 factories around the world. And that would have been, I had a friend that used to work at Campbell's Soup. I know about how that, he was a production line engineer. You know, you can't even make Campbell's Soup that quick. So I'm telling you, 18.7, something like that, uh, uh, vaccine vial doses per second around the world. That's seven days a week, 24 hours a day, no breakdowns of the line, no quality control. And if you even push that back six months and say they started six months before the EUA, well, you're down to 14 per second. It just doesn't work. That's well, what one. if they started years before? Because they knew well, that they were going to do possible, this. But then, then we get to problem number two. Okay, here's the problem okay. number two. And this yeah, is let's walk through one. it. This is why it's yeah. fascinating. This is the problem number two. I don't think there's mRNA in there. And okay. this is why. Not in anything? I, I mean, how do you know that not, there's not none in, in any no. of them? But how I do you know. know there weren't some in some of them? Well, this is how. This okay. is why I don't think so. And I could be wrong. I'm not, they haven't yeah, told I mean, us. I want to and hear they, and we know these guys, yeah, we, these guys have technology far in advance of what they're letting us know and about. What, so, right. Right. So, I, I mean, I give it that. This is just my, so we, this is like being a homicide detective, not like being a scientist. You got to look through and say, what's the facts that fit yeah, here? Yeah, because they, let fit? me also throw at you that I'm also yeah. basing my, pressing you for this, more information on this, because of Kevin McKernan's latest work that, the guy who worked on the Human Genome Project, who now says he has sequenced uh, what he claims is synthetic modified RNA and some other things in there like antibiotic resistance, you know, promoters and right. cancer promoter. Okay, I just want to throw that in your and, bucket. And you know what? I, again, see, I, I'm just saying the one, there's there, there's some things that just don't fit, okay? And this I is gotcha. the one. Okay. There are big researchers in, in this that are saying that they're still doing this research. So there's a group that did a, a review article, and I've looked at the basic science. I don't read medical literature anymore. I read basic science. The basic science guys, and these are people that are working in, uh, I think it was the University of Washington, but they're big into uh, liver problems. And this comment was made in the paper. It said, you know, this mRNA stuff, it could be very useful, like in Africa, for malaria or, you know, the liver problems that go with malaria, but it'll never be practicable. We'll never be able to do it because they do not have the infrastructure to keep it cold well enough, okay? Now, let's think about what happened in the rollout of this whole thing. Yes. That that at first they made a big show, Pfizer and Moderna, they made a big show that this is all coming out 80 below zero centigrade or some some really cold temperature. Very elaborate, you know, dry ice and procedures for defrosting. What happened to that? Right, and the media, the minute the people knew, my observations, within a month when the news media moved on and they'd already gotten people in the habit of getting the injection, that went by the wayside. Now you could, mm. then you could let it thaw for 10 hours. And then it was like a month and pretty soon nobody talks about it. Now, here's the problem. When you look at the basic science of mRNA, they claim in the papers, and again, I'm not a geneticist, so I'm taking what these guys that are geneticists are saying. They're mm. saying that then there, mRNA is a family of, of, of bioactive molecules. It's not just one type of mRNA, but they all range, they have a half-life. And a half-life is how long something exists in its natural form, in a usable form. How long is it effective? Sure. The half-life of mRNA range from three and a half minutes to 16 and a half hours. You can't even get it out of the factory that fast. Mm, good okay. point. So how is it sitting around for even 10 hours or a, a day 
or any time. They're saying you can't do it now. I mean, this is a paper from 2022, October 2022. So they're saying now you couldn't do that. How are we doing it? So that's that. The second thing is we have a lot of people popping forward like this guy you're talking about, saying they sequenced the stuff, but they're saying it doesn't sequence the spike protein that they're talking about. In other words, like one of, uh, and here's why, here's another reason. Here's where I think this really goes. Again, I can't tell you for yeah. sure what's in there, but you can see what people that are actually observing it. Science is well, most, supposed to be about observing stuff. And then something's in there. Something's in there that's something's caused, in there, yeah. you know, shooting up all cause mortality. Oh, yeah. Cardiac. Can, okay. So let's go there. We when can you... easily explain that from what okay. we see that's in there. Okay, great. So, to go there. <laughs> but but here's here's the other point. And believe me or not, although this sounds a little deep, it's going to go from deep to the Travis Scott concert pretty quick. So hang on. You know, um, I was handed a paper and it's it's like an anonymous paper. It sounded like people that didn't want to put their name on it because they didn't want to have bad things happen to them. But these guys complained, complained and there was there was there were they that they had sequenced the um, the stuff in the vaccine for Pfizer and that it they what they say in the papers, there's no long reading frame that corresponds to a spike protein. Mm. This that's twelve hundred base pairs. So so in other words, what they're saying is it's chopped up into little pieces. It cannot be what they're saying. The only and then they this is where it leads me to the the, the, the homicide investigation. They say the only person that could have done this was Feng Zhang at the Zhang lab at MIT. So I go looking at Feng Zhang and I find out if he's supposed to be the father of CRISPR. If you go to his site, what does he say? He says a very interesting thing. He says, well, you know, when it comes to precise gene insertion and, and gene manipulation, we can do gene knockdown, but we really can't insert things very easily. What? You know, that's what it's supposed to be all about. But then what I looked up, I've learned to do this. Look up his PhD. His PhD is in optogenetics. Now, this puts together, in my opinion, everything we're seeing and everything we it could explain everything. What we are seeing is, well, let me say what optogenetics is. Optogenetics is the, is the science of taking light sensitive proteins and using them to change genetic body functions. So here's what they do. Let's say they, here's a, the, the, they, there's a bacterium, the blue-green bac bacterium that you can grow in culture. And you can see this blue-green film on, on a Petri dish. And then you can turn on a 310 nanometer light on this Petri dish and suddenly all this bacteria will move over to the other side of the dish. Eventually they'll be on the other side. They won't be close to you. Why? Because that light, that particular frequency apparently stimulates a protein in those bacteria that's called an opsin. And it turns on this little propeller and they swim away from you. Opsins are light sensitive proteins. Now we have them in the body, we have them in the eye, but they're very sluggish. Hmm. But bacterial opsins are very fast acting. So they've hybridized mammalian, mammals like us. We've, they've opted up, they've hybridized our stuff with bacterial stuff and they've tested it in mice. And here's what they can do with it. They can inject it into the mice and they can then use it to change the mouse's behavior. They could target the brain in what they call precise spatiotemporal areas. So they can target the back of the brain, the front of the brain. They can make the mouse do certain maneuvers. They can do all sorts of stuff. The other thing that they say is they can target the heart and they can cause arrhythmia and they can stop arrhythmia. That's the ostensible reason for doing this research. There's always a good reason. This is so we can treat arrhythmias without pacemakers, right? No, this is a bioweapons program. Yeah, to be able to turn so let's on look and at off what punishment. Happened. Yeah. Right. So now let's look what happened at the Travis Scott concert. 
and then we'll go backtrack and look what could be in the vials. Oh. So Travis Scott concert is very interesting because it was this, first of all, it's mostly young people. How many of us old farts go to rap concerts, okay? So it's mostly young, healthy people that were 100% vaccinated. You had to be vaccinated to go to the concert. Okay. They walked, if people remember, they walked through this, this, this thing, this ugly, weird skull looking thing, and it's like you, to get into the concert and it's they're being bombarded with with strobe lights and with wavelengths of all different sounds and 10 people died okay there were about 12 or 13 that collapsed and i tried to find every first hand respond uh, first hand account that i could and they want you to believe in the big news articles that it was just like a crush scene like everybody so they ran right. to the stage everybody got crushed but that's not the accounts you hear. In fact, there's one account by a guy who actually survived it. And he was he said, it just felt like suddenly my heart stopped. So what it really mm. seems to have been happening is these people dropped. And then the, then the crush happened because they couldn't have room to do CPR and they couldn't get the people in. That was the problem. And they couldn't get him to stop the concert. Oh my gosh. So wow. in my opinion, and this, and we've seen this in Israel, we've seen this now, there've been several episodes in Australia, similar Australia, thing. yep. Yeah. It, what I think, and, and Korea, there's one, an episode in Korea, big, big number of people, like 100 people drop. Uh, we've seen it some, some degree in China, but we don't have any details. So I think what we're dealing with is a, whatever is in this, and you don't need an RNA to do this. You need what's in that lipo, the, the lipid nanoparticle. They're injecting something. And we know that the lipid nanoparticle by itself, this is what the Japanese looked at, it by itself, it accumulates in the ovary. It's 64 times more than in the muscle. That was the that study did mm. not have any RNA. They purposely said we don't want the RNA. We just want the lipid nanoparticle. Yeah, we know that lipid nanoparticle can be targeted. That's what it was made I by see. Novavax. Mm -hmm. And before they scrubbed the internet, you could see that they they could target organs with this stuff. And yeah. what are we finding under the microscope? You know, like Doctor, I think it's Dixon down in uh, all Australia. kinds of different things uh, right. over the last two years. All kinds right. of things. Including I can tell you because I've like reported a, on it. Right. That look. Remember that one that looks like a little IBM uh, CPU, like the little first. Uh, yeah, Doctor Zandre Batha. The the what turned out to be from German scientists told us they showed us their work. They were they were graphene disks for payload. Um, I can go on and on and on. There are a number right. of. There's all kinds of things that have been found in there. And that was that leads me to my quick sort of follow-up yeah. question. On any given day, there could be anything in here. So what you're saying could be true, but only transiently or occasionally. Yeah, that's right. They can change it. That's the beauty of their EUA, evil program, because under evil an emergency program, use yeah. authorization, people need to know. They don't have to tell you what's in it. That's no. why I know we'll never find out. 100%. They don't have to tell you. The only thing they legally have to tell you is what, is re is what they claim gives it efficacy. So they claimed that there was RNA that produced the spike protein, but yeah. you can't prove it. You know, and and I got to tell you honestly, the one of the one of the points here is they very cleverly picked on things that are they that for the which they claim efficacy that you cannot prove exists. I'm sorry, you cannot prove. Oh sure. Oh yeah, the outcome measures in the studies were ridiculous. I've said that right. before, and they had like 25 or 30 outcome measures. You're supposed to have one primary outcome measure. They had 20 or 30 or 80, right? And you could have as many secondary outcome measures, uh, but but and they had 80 of those. But I thought, what are they doing? They're not looking for any one thing. This is it's BS. Right. And, 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 and the second part of that is, though, the actual ability to observe in any way a spike protein. I agree. You know, 
that's the problem. When I tell, when I asked Ryan Cole, I said, "How you you keep talking about the know? spike protein? How do you right. know it's there?" He said, "Stains." I said, "Where'd you get the stains? Same people that gave you the PCR test, right?" <laughs> you know, this right. is the problem. Um, you, know, you know, Dr. Merritt, I'm I'm so glad you're bringing that up because I don't want to pick on any one particular right. doctor because there could be other agendas underneath all that. But but when people say, "Oh, we have we can reduce your spike proteins," a you're not going upstream enough because you didn't turn off supposedly the, the theoretic now, uh, theoretical rather uh, beginning of the spike protein factory. Uh, you're just trying to get rid of spikes that are being produced every day. But secondly, how do you know this thing is, you know, electron well, micro? So how are you measuring your before and after to know that you're reducing right. spikes? And we have a lot of snake oil out there. It's all I'm going to say. Right. I'm not going to name. And and that's how uh, what I've decided is if you can't logically, if we look look at the proof of existence before we talk about anything else, because Thank I'm you. not accepting anything you cannot prove the existence of. You know, if you tell me that there's a cow kicking down my door, I can go out and look and see. And if you're lying to me, I know it. But if you're telling me there's a spike protein in my pores that is that I can prove with these stains given to me by Pfizer, I don't think I'm going to believe you. Okay, let that's me not proof. Let me ask you the another another million dollar question then. In that case, and given all that that you've just laid out, it's really interesting. What is being transferred? I want to use the right term because Pfizer admitted it in an investigator's brochure. Something was transferred. What is being transferred that makes some people sick around jabbed, especially newly, freshly jabbed or boosted? Talk about that for a couple of minutes. We only have a few minutes left in the segment, but um, I, I want sure. you to be able to talk about what you know, whatever you want to. Well, but let's talk about that. What is being transferred called shedding? Yeah, and actually, I have an. A, 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 uh, I think I have an article about the 1918 pandemic on the front of my website, themedicalrebel.com. And people want to read more about this. That'll okay. lead you down the rabbit hole. But it's what we we have never proven. I'll just say, and I I would love to have somebody debate me on this, but we have never proven the existence of viruses like they told us we had, okay? We've never really proven it. You can't isolate a virus. When I was 10 years old, I isolated bacteria in my bedroom. My dad was a physician scientist and we did these things. Yeah. But you can't do that with viruses. And I yeah, used to very work controversial. Electron, yeah, yeah, I used yeah. to work in electron microscopic lab. And it's true, to, to get to the point where you are actually looking at something, you've already contaminated it with a million other batches of all sorts of DNA and RNA stuff. So um, it's just not been proven. But what has been absolutely proven and reproven is electromagnetic transmission of disease. Now, I can't say that that's what's going on in the sheddings or the transmission between people, but but I will tell you, in 2015, the uh, FDA published a circular to, their, to the researchers involved in RNA-type research, and they said, we found out that people around that so they admit that shedding occurs they call it shedding and they say yeah. we we understand that this is happening we don't know what it is you know and uh, we think that you should monitor their blood their 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 urine their feces their uh, sweat their saliva all that stuff for for a period of time and not let them be around pregnant women or not let them be around older people now, interesting that is, those are the people exactly that they've pushed this vaccine on. Yeah, interesting, so yeah, it, yeah. So there's a po lot of possibilities, and I would say your point about the graphene oxide, they also, the, 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 the people running this show are denying, denying, denying the, the, that graphene oxide is in there. But you can go to basic science and you can see how they produce lipo, this lip, lipid nanoparticle, the LNP coating that they say is around this. And they show you the picture of the graphene oxide wafer, the graphene right. wafer in there. So uh, again, it's like they have the blueprint, it's published, 
Uh, whether it's in the exact vial that we're looking at today, I can't prove that. The problem is there also is at the the the, eas the easiest thing to prove is that the manufacturing standards are completely violated. I mean, no two vials are the same. There's a great right. variation in all this stuff. Obviously, some placebo would put was put out. Who would put out a placebo for a deadly worldwide right. disease? Right, right, and I so-called deadly disease. And I would suggest that that is completely all of that is intentional because it. I was in the industry for over 20 years. They were very sensitive to public relations, and they would jump out ahead of anything. And they're not saying boo about this. Um, um, Dr. Dr. Merritt, this has been a great, uh, great experience. I hope you'll come back more often. I want to tease uh, the audience that you are going to stay over for an after talk that will be aired sure. several days after tonight's show. Uh, and in the after talk, we're going. To, I'm going to ask you uh, about, uh, well, first of all, you have said to me, and I'm just going to say it really quickly, that you have hope that we are going to get past this and thrive. You're not saying it's going to be pretty, but you know what? I want to save that discussion for after talk so that everybody will migrate over there and Dr. Merritt will share her reasons why she feels that we should be hopeful uh, and, and, and some of her suggestions for what we can do. Uh, from now until getting to the other side of this. So let me thank you so much for honoring me by being on the show tonight, Dr. Merritt. Really uh, love your work, respect you tremendously. And I wanna just let, give you another like 30 seconds if you could uh, to share with people where they can find you, themedicalrebel.com. But where else do you have a Substack? Can they support you? Tell, to, let, let us know what that what what we can do. Interestingly, with that. I was demonetized from Substack when I started talking about the real oh. reason I think the disease has been uh, split. Oh, and I'll wow. just here's a teaser. I'll just say when you understand who you're whom you're dealing with here, and yeah. that they practice an old religion and they they use proprietary language they don't think you'll understand. The yeah. term virus in Latin means toxin. That's my little hint. So they've been okay. poisoning us, and they call it an infectious disease. I, I'm all about that. So let's. Oh, I'm make on Telegram. You're on I Telegram. Love, I have a lot of fun on Telegram. Freedom Doc One on Telegram. Okay, thanks, Dr. Merrick. Great to see you, and we'll see you over Thank at you. After Talk. Okay. All so right. everybody, that's it for this edition of the Dr. Jane Ruby Show. Keep your eye out for the After Talk with Dr. Lee Merritt. She's absolutely fantastic. And don't forget to follow me on Telegram, t.me forward slash Dr. Jane Ruby, uh, Twitter, the real Dr. Jane or real Dr. Jane Ruby, and the rest of the social media lineup. Uh, also, thank you again for supporting me in defending myself against this attack on freedom of speech uh, by the self-proclaimed inventor of uh, the mRNA shots, Robert Malone, who's suing me for $25 million in a defamation case, a vexatious anti-slap lawsuit uh, for just asking questions. So thank you, everybody. Medical disclaimer, the Dr. Jane Ruby Show does not provide medical advice. The information, including but not limited to, texts, graphics, images, and other material contained on this show are for informational purposes only and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by your viewing or attempt to communicate with Dr. Jane Ruby. No material presented on the show is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment before undertaking a new health care regimen.
and never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have seen on the show. Thank you for watching.